Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. This is episode five, and I'm Dan Hewitt. I'm Becky, his wife. And this is going to be the episode on the, the spirit, the specifically spirit. the fruit of the spirit. We have lots of stuff. There's the fruit of the spirit, walking in the spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit the of God. Spirit. That's what we're talking about. These... So when our children were much younger, we used to, Dan especially, like to make up little songs for them. And so we're going to start. I'm an artist. Thank you. Our t- we're going to start our podcast with an old song that Dan made up that goes like this. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Boom, boom. Yay! There it is. I mean, <clears throat> I think it was something equivalent to what Mozart wrote when he was five or something. It, it doesn't matter. The point of having a song is so that you remember it. And absolutely, it's worked for us anyway. I think for the kids, too, if they really um, yes, wanted to sing along. And just for reference, that song is copyrighted by Dan Hewitt. So. <laughs> you can't have that melody. No, you can't. You just have to pay royalties <laughs> when you sing it to your children. Anyway, fruit of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit. What a gift the Holy Spirit is to us. And because of the freedom and forgiveness and life that we have, because of the grace of God, we get to enjoy the fruit of the Spirit and all of His benefits and all of His counsel. And I could probably fill up this whole time just talking about the Holy Spirit, but I guess I'll let you have a little input too. So, sure. Well, you know, one of the things <laughs> what we'll probably do here is we we like to clarify. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the things that I see where a lot of people are having difficulties in their lives, or even the Christian lives, is sloppy theology because mm-hmm. they don't really pay attention. What does the word say? How do we consistently and cohesively understand what God is like and what is he saying? Because there's a lot of, to be honest, we can torture the Bible or even just read in a reasonable way and get some pretty different attitudes about God towards us or our actions with God and those kind of things. And it takes a little thought and effort and time to say, God, what what are you really saying? What do you like? How does this apply to me? And kind of work that through in a consistent manner. And I think that's one of the things that we like to do here is kind of work through and say, you know, kind of push it. We can say in engineering, push it to the rails. You know, if you go too far this way, what are you really saying? If you go over this side, what are you really saying? What is, and I don't, we don't like to overdo balance because sometimes there's things that need to be in balance. There's other things that sometimes we just need to do it all the way. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of finding where, where, where is what's God saying? What's he really doing and how do we need to understand it? And so we need to head into that with the spirit. Mm-hmm. So we talked about, we just sang the song, but I'm going to read that again. It's in Galatians 5 and it's uh, verse 22. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Mm, amen. 
In fact, oh, I've got to read the next verse because it's, it's the application. It says, <laughs> okay. those who belong to Christ have crucified, who have, have, past tense, the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that sounds like there's an aspect there of provoking and envying is part of the fruit is we need to focus on what God's doing in us mm-hmm. and what he wants to do through us. And sometimes it seems like we get a little focused on what other people are doing, what they have. And what God's saying is, I want to work in you mm-hmm. and work through you. And we're going to see something in that. Any thoughts on that? That's a good point that it's easy, especially as a recovering legalist, for me to read passages and think about other people who need to hear that passage, um, especially the do not passages. And uh, I have to remember that the Lord is interested first and foremost with me in my relationship with him. And as I follow him, as I live fully loved by him, that's naturally going to spill out. But my first inclination is not, uh, honestly, right now, I'm going to say it's not others. My first inclination, I want my first inclination to be, Lord, what are you saying to me? How is what you're saying in the word applicable to me or showing me your character? And not be quite so worried, um, at least at the onset, about what other people are doing or not doing and how, what their relationship with God looks like. It's what? not really up to me. That's, that's good. In fact, it, it, that reminds me of how sometimes we can get tied up on where the focus is in what we do. Like um, sometimes in church, if we're in a more... Well, it can be legalistic or whatever, but or a more do-oriented church. We focus on what we have to do for others, mm-hmm. which is not wrong to do. In fact, it's a good thing to do things for others. Mm-hmm. But if our mentality is, I have to do these things for other people, mm-hmm. we can start focusing on us and what we have to do, as opposed to what Becky was just saying, which is, God, what do you want to do with me, in me, and through me? And what do you want to do in this situation? And then God may lead us to say, okay, I need you to go do this, or I want you to go do this, or I just want you to sit here and rest in me, or whatever it is. But there's a slight difference in attitude where one is saying, God, it's about me and you. What do you want to do through me? And the other is, okay, I've got to go make stuff happen. I mean, let me say, may say through mm-hmm. the Spirit and all that. But I think in one case, it's a thing of joy where we're setting in a relationship mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, okay, let's go do all this stuff because we have to go do these things as Christians. Mm-hmm. And you just um, used one of the fruit of the spirits right there, joy. And I think this is where we wanted to head by starting with the fruit of the spirit is how do we know if we're walking in the spirit? How do we know if we're walking with God? And I think Galatians five tells us, here's, here's what you're going to experience. If you're walking with me, if you are living fully loved, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to 
Jesus, in fact, Jesus talks about that, that he is the vine and we are the branches. And we are fruit bearers, that not just fruit makers. <laughs> Ooh, it's like we think about the same things. Yeah. But um, what you just said was, if I am living in joy, then what I have to offer anybody else is going to come from God. If I am striving and doing something because I feel a necessity or I feel like it's going to look bad or good on me to do or not do something and there's not joy in what I'm doing when I'm interacting with other people, then that's probably not me flowing in the love of God, in the grace of God at that moment. Mm-hmm. So if we compare the Galatians and John, you know, John 15 is where he says, I'm the vine and mm-hmm. you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> apart, that's, wow, that's that's powerful right there. It is because apart he's saying, and now here's where we get caught up. Sometimes it's, the word there is he will bear much fruit. So what, is, what does that mean? I'm just, I'm just the branch. I'm just... I'm just uh, stuck out there. (laughs) I'm just stuck out there. I'm just in the breeze, just uh, blowing around. And then as nutrients come up through the trunk and the vine, as Jesus says, the vine, as nutrients come up through the roots and the vine, then he, as he's flowing through me, it's such a beautiful analogy, honestly, Mm -hmm. as he's flowing through me, all of a sudden a little bud will pop out on my branch and then a little flower and then something will come and pollinate that little flower, which is an interesting thing. I haven't really thought about that, but that's a good thing to meditate on. And then after that's pollinated, then fruit will come. Mm-hmm. Fruit that somebody else will come along and pluck and eat and get nourishment from. Such a great picture, especially in spring, as we think about the growing season coming up, mm-hmm. that really the branch has... He doesn't do anything except just be attached to the vine and watch the beautiful things unfold as the branch gets green and can bear more and more fruit. It's it's uh, it's not up to me to make fruit happen. I can't right. make myself be joyful. Yeah, and that's often where I think we get tied off on the responsibility. We look at things like the fruit of the Spirit or this bearing fruit, and it's almost easy to kind of in your mind even though it says he will bear much is to think of it as i have to produce much and Mm -hmm. same with the fruit of the spirit and it's like whose job is it to produce Mm -hmm. you know it's the spirit's job to produce it's my job to bear it which is to bring it forth to show it to hold it out yeah not bear it like a burden yeah right and so i think that's such a powerful thing that we can miss is the intimacy being tied to God. Mm -hmm. There is a production of stuff in us, through us, and that we present outward. And even going back, we talked at the beginning a little bit earlier in this week on this. You and me. Yeah, Becky and I spoke about (laughs) the fruit of the Spirit and noticed that we often think of it, especially if, again, if you've been in a church where you're doing stuff, which is not, again, I don't want to make it sound negative, but it's just that our mind can get a little focused on us producing. But even the fruit of the Spirit, if you look at it, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, all of those at some level are for our own benefit. 
Yeah, first. So, right. And I think we often think I got to be producing or have the fruit of the spirit so that I can be doing all this for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And the answer is there is a place for other people. But first, God is bringing the peace and the joy and the patience in me Mm -hmm. so I can receive it and live as Jesus said, live a life and live it abundantly. And out of that, others benefit from that fruit in my life. Yeah, and even in that, uh, uh, the only way to experience this fruit ourselves is to be attached to the vine, and which means that you have to think about God as being love, God as being joy, God is patient, God is kind, God is faithful, gentle. He has self-control. God has self-control. God has goodness. God is these things. And the only way I can experience that and be able to bear any fruit is by experiencing it, in my opinion, is by experiencing it from him first. So we talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think. I'm not sure when. In Genesis, God has created us to be his image bearers. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to bear his image, part of that image is that fruit. Right. So we take what's his character, his nature, and the Holy Spirit then manifests it, produces it, mm-hmm. brings it into us. We bring that forth through the Holy. The Holy Spirit brings it forth through us mm-hmm. so that then the glory of God, mm-hmm. his image, mm-hmm. is then replicated and revealed. And this is the, God says, I want to multiply. He wants to see his image revealed. And I think that's kind of the interesting thing about God is his desire is to see his glory not just manifested, but multiplied. And it's not from this selfish, oh, I just want to be everywhere. It's like God is intrinsically good and delighted, and he delights in the good things he does, and mm-hmm. he wants to see that go outward and outward and outward right. and ripples and echoes. I am. Right, right. He is. Um, he has so much... Like his, his essence is so huge, but he, he uses us to bring that essence to bearing in the physical world and in the supernatural world too. But, um, it's almost a weird thing where his glory is his goodness, Yeah. but to put that goodness in others and to see that goodness replicated as part of the goodness of God is he's willing to share what is good about yeah. him and his characteristics right. and see that put through others. And he's yeah. saying it's the goodness of who he is. That image replicated is glorifying to God. Exactly. That's kind of awesome, isn't it? Just a little. So okay, I'm talking we're, about, <laughs> we're talking about the walking in the, so we talk about the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. We talk about in walking in mm-hmm. the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so the kind of the questions, and we always say that we're walking in the spirit, we're walking in the spirit, blah, blah, blah. What's the alternative then? Um, lying in the spirit or 
which alternative to which? <laughs> if, you're not two words. if you're not walking in the spirit, where are we walking? Okay, the other thing. <laughs> the other okay. thing. So this is We're transitioning to that other part. Walking in the not spirit. The not spirit. So let's go look at what is the not spirit. <laughs> you know, and so if we look at ourselves, we have, you know, we have a will. There's us, right? There's our soul, which is our mind, will, our emotions, everything that makes us up. Mm-hmm. And we get to that mind is constantly, or some degree, often we're making decisions of, do I walk with God, or what's my alternative, is to walk according to, I'll say it with, uh, it's to walk according to what the Bible calls the flesh, you know, that's a good bum, word, bum, bum. the flesh, <laughs> right, so what's, what's the flesh, well, the flesh is just a word that gets used in the New Testament Greek. Um, well, actually, flesh isn't the word. In, New, in the Greek, it's called sarks. And there's two different words that the Bible uses for your body and stuff, and I want to differentiate. We all have a body, and is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'm going to say good. That's right, because God says he created us, and it was good. Mm-hmm. Okay? We have senses. We're supposed to be able to use those senses to see, to hear, right? If we don't have eyeballs, you trip over things like... You That's have, not funny. You're one eyeball short, and you kick the. <laughs> no, the, no, no. <laughs> you kick the bed and okay, hurt okay. your toe. So now we have to give context. Okay, here's the here's the Becky story of the week. <laughs> Becky doesn't have sight in her left eye. Long story of why it doesn't matter. But I was making the bed this week. <laughs> it was in a gang. She lost it in a gang fight. I turned my head yeah. to the right and whacked my pinky toe on the on the bed um, frame and and it made her sad really really hurt and caused right. big so bruising it, and whatever anyways, anyway blindness is not good so blindness yes. is not good our senses are a good thing yes yes but when we compare uh the body and what it's supposed to do that's all good mm-hmm. but the bible uses a special word called sarks which means the flesh it means to be controlled and the implications were controlled or led by the flesh so we can walk by the spirit mm-hmm. or we can walk according to the flesh flesh meaning the desires that i have to get what i think i need no matter what and i have to dwell on my um needs in a way that I think I'm in control of everything and I have to try to manage my needs, whether they would be physical needs or mental needs. And so yeah. I'm going to do things. This is my interpretation okay. of that. This I'm going to do whatever I can to get my basic needs met or even my needs that aren't basic met instead of trusting God to meet my needs and walking with, for example, um, if I say I love somebody, but I manipulate them to try to get them to love me back, that's not walking in the Holy Spirit. I do need love, mm-hmm. but right. I don't need to manipulate other people to try to get them to love me. I need to just trust God because walk manipulation is not from God. Manipulation, it would be walking in the flesh. The flesh. Because I am using a basic need, but trying to, but I don't believe that God's going to take my need to heart and meet it. So that means that I am trying to control it. I'm trying to get my needs met um, on my own. Okay, good. In fact, I'd maybe to make that really short, 
if we contrasted two words, to walk with the Holy Spirit is equivalent to faith. It means I walk according to what mm -hmm. God has said. Mm -hmm. So if I believe the words of what the Bible say, if I believe the things that God has said about me, then I'm walking by faith, by mm -hmm. what he says. Now, to contrast that, we might be, I think, you know, a lot of people say, what's the opposite of faith? Well, they'd say unbelief, which is true. But I think an even better word that's a more contrast in this situation is to say the opposite of faith is sight. Mm. Now, does that mean your sight is bad? No. No. But what it means You're is... You're not talking about literal sight. Right. It means I'm walking, I, I make decisions according to what I see right. as opposed to according to what God has said. Right. So let's do something like I deal with a lot of people that had financial problems. If you mm -hmm. say, oh, I don't have any money and I'm poor and I got to do something and now I've got to rob a liquor store or make some bad decisions or something, mm -hmm. we're walking according to sight, what mm -hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. If instead I look at what the word of God says and I talk about the promises of what God says he will provide and how he will care for me, mm -hmm. then I need to have to step out in faith mm -hmm. and walk according to what God has said. Mm -hmm. And so there's a huge difference there. Mm -hmm. Sight is according to what the circumstances say. Faith is according to what God has said. And yeah, and we we do believe in supernatural miracles and that God will provide things sometimes just out of the blue. But we also believe that when we say you walk by faith, it doesn't mean that God's going to drop coconuts on your head all the time. Walking you mean in that the in a good spirit. way. That, that coconuts is a provision. <laughs> I, I left that open actually. Okay. <laughs> um, but if you are walking in relationship and intimacy with the Lord, he's going to bring, he's going to guide your path into whatever it is, going back to your financial mm -hmm. thing here, he's going to guide you. Maybe he's going to guide you into work. Maybe he's going to guide you into understanding how to manage your money. Maybe he's going to guide you into um, having a rich uncle. I mean, I don't know. The ways of God are so creative and right. awesome. There's no way you can guess it. But that's why you stay attached to the vine, because you can hear his spirit and listen to him and follow him in the path that he has. And that's the faith. Yeah. And I think sometimes we try to straddle two things, because there's also wisdom, right? I mean, go mm -hmm. read the whole book of Proverbs. It's mm -hmm. all about, you know, don't do financial stupid things. Don't mm -hmm. go out with prostitutes, you know, things like that that are just, <laughs> that are just yes, that's like, in there. <laughs> here's some wisdom, you know, don't be dumb. <laughs> And because being dumb, making bad choices hurts, right? Yeah. When we don't walk by the spirit, yeah. it hurts. And also when we do that as a lifelong pattern, they develop obviously habits and so forth, but it also puts us into a really bad hole. Now, can God bring us out of the hole? Yes. Absolutely. Now, sometimes to. we hope and it's like, oh, God, will you fix all the stupid stuff I did all my life and do it right in the next 10 minutes? And usually the answer to that's mm -hmm. no, but mm -hmm. if you're willing to start walking with him, mm -hmm. doing the things he calls you to do, mm -hmm. he'll take care of it in a surprisingly quick manner. You will do well. And creative. Yeah. That's the thing I've figured out with the Lord over all these years um, is most of the time, not only is he faithful, but he's super creative in problem solving right. and he'll come up with solutions that I never in a million years would have thought of. And then it's just, you're just like, 
ah, well, this has to be God because it's so not what you would have expected as Mm -hmm. the normal path or the normal situation or normal solution, which is just fun. Yeah, and I feel like actually I feel like talking more about the financial. For some reason, I feel like we need to go there, which is, you know, because there's a lot of, uh, as we go, I think about different churches I've been in and different speakers and so forth. There's a lot of, again, this is this running it to the rails Mm -hmm. of what different people say. And I think Mm -hmm. some of the extreme ideas are not good. So let's talk about finances. If I listen to some people uh, in the distorted picture, they would say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be wealthy all the time and always rich. If we listen to some people on the other side, you know, the opposite rail, Mm -hmm. it's, oh, we need to be in misery and we have to always be suffering for Jesus. We're not really doing anything if we're not suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think those are both distorted pictures. By suffering, you mean poor? Poor, yeah. And it's because obviously we, yeah, I call that one is the excessive prosperity gospel. The other is the poverty gospel. And I think, um, well, I might line more towards one. I think what is given often is a distorted picture. So as we look mm-hmm. at that, because like, for instance, let's look at the prosperity side. Mm-hmm. I think, and I'm here's the important caveat. In general, most of the time, we should be doing financially well. Okay, now let's throw some extra caveats in there. Okay. Does that mean I will not go through hard times? No. Does that mean I will always be rich and have whatever money I want? No. Depends on how. I, no. Okay, I, I well, just won't go there. What to say, yeah, I mean, right. But I can have a lot of blessing in what God wants to do because, first of all, God wants to bless me so that I can bless others, right? So it's not just to say, I need a lot of money because I want to have a lot of cars and I want to do a lot of blah, blah, blah. So, no, I'm going to get back to something here real fast. What God is wanting to do. <laughs> you're talking really fast. I'm giving oh, all kinds of sl- hands. Like, are you telling He's me talking to slow so down? fast? I'm oh, sorry. trying to get him to slow down. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We're gonna speed we're gonna speed up. No, I'm gonna slow down. Slow down. You're talking right. too fast. <laughs> so yeah, I this is something we gotta talk about a while because there's so many weird opinions and weird extremes on this. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you might have somebody saying, well, God wants to bless you all the time. Well, to bless you all the time doesn't mean I sit in my house and money just shows up and I don't do anything. And then checks just start showing up because God wants to bless me. Mm -hmm. It means, let's go back to the book of Proverbs. I may have to work and do wise things and make wise choices and wise investments. And God will bless that. And he will grow that. And then as I share that, demonstrate that I'm a steward, a wise steward of funds, God says, hey, this guy knows how, or gal, <laughs> thank you, knows <laughs> how to handle money. I think they are worthy to have more because they f- handle it well. Yeah, that, Jesus said a parable about that. Right. In fact, yeah, he says, look, I'll give you a bunch of money if you can manage it correctly. And the problem is most of us don't manage it well. So, you know, again, as we bump into stuff, now, does that mean if a person is poor that they're in sin and disobedience? No, because no, we don't Probably know their not. circumstances. I mean, you, don't, you can't say no or yes. Yeah, you just and does it mean if they're rich, they're a good guy? We don't, we don't know. know. Either. Yeah. I can't make that judgment. And it's not, again, it's not my job to judge where people are at financially or why they are at that place financially. Right. So let's link that back into um, 
what does the Holy Spirit have to do with that? Yeah. So what is it? It's faith. Because what does God want to do? He wants me to walk with him. Mm-hmm. He wants me to delight in him. And he's also put, and here's the important part, he's put purpose into our life, stuff mm-hmm. for us to do, whether it's loving others, uh, having meaningful, creative lives that do things of interest and value. Mm-hmm. And money is just one of the tools Mm-hmm. in that process. And so part of it is money can be a tool for the kingdom. And if we know how to it use that, a tool for it the is kingdom. a tool for the yeah. kingdom, right? It's either a tool for the kingdom or a tool for the flesh, bum, bum, right? Bum. <laughs> so the kingdom being by faith. So yeah, we want to be able to say it's a tool. Use it well. Mm-hmm. Use it for things of value. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we have to be miserable. It doesn't mean we have to have nine Cadillacs or BMWs or Mercedes or whatever. I mean, but if I do, does that mean I'm not walking in the Holy Spirit? It means you're bad. No, it means <laughs> no. I don't. It all depends on the circumstance, right? And it's yeah. not my. And it's not for me to judge. That's right. You're, That's right. Each of us is God's servant, and it's we are responsible to God. That's right. Not all the other people to tell them why I do the things that I do with my gifts and talents. I I do want to just have a little bee in my bonnet about people that um, uh, judge prosperity gospel preachers because I've heard so many negative things about some people. Should I name names? No, I'm not going to name names. It doesn't matter. The -hmm. point is then when you actually go and listen to the heart of some of the named people that we, I've actually heard people say this person is not a servant of God because he has an airplane or this person is not God's servant or not God's, you know, he's a hypocrite because he didn't open the doors of his church, his mega church when uh, there was a flood going on. And I actually investigated and have listened to these men and their heart is pure. From my perspective, there were reasons they did what they did. Yeah. I can't, yeah, I right. can't name for any. But my caution is, um, don't just look at what you, th- what you know. If somebody has wealth and they're not doing what you think or what the society thinks they should be doing or the media or even other pastors who are pointing fingers, they're not doing what they think are right. Investigate for yourself. Yeah. If it really matters to you and you and you feel like you um, are leaning towards the side of judgment, investigate, listen to those pastors, listen to their messages, listen to their heart. Um, we have such a... I have, I have a ground rule on that, which is I used to have somebody on Facebook that always posted all the things about this pastor and that pastor, whatever is terrible, heretic, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And everything he posted, I would... Uh, I would actually look up the link and whatever, and first of all, nine times out of ten, the person didn't even say what was said in the link. Right, right. And secondly, I would tend to know that person or have known their ministry and say, no, they don't preach that. And so my first challenge is this, no matter what it is, it doesn't matter if it's prosperity, healing, Calvinism, healing, Arminianism, eschatology, worship worship styles, whatever it is, do not knock another pastor or teacher until you've listened to at least 40 hours of their teaching. That's my ground rule. (laughs) If you have not 
studied under them, you probably need to or keep your, them. or him or her, for 40 hours. you probably need to keep your mouth shut about judging what that pastor teaches. I've heard people yeah. judge a pastor over a sentence mm. that was taken out of context mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I know they don't teach. Or mm-hmm. I've known ones that they say, well, he said this and it's like, yeah, but the context of it is totally different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we as a body need to, I think we've gone a long way from where we were. (laughs) I was just going to say, we're going to have to wrap this baby around and come back here. Actually what you should, what you should do. I mean, these are our pet peeves. So obviously they're coming out, but walk by the spirit. Okay. If you're listening to somebody and there's a check in your spirit, which just means something doesn't set quite right with you, Mm -hmm. talk to God about it. Pray to him, ask him to reveal to you the truth of the situation. Maybe you're right. Maybe there is somebody that you're listening to that you don't feel blessed by, or you feel like they're, they're a little off their rock or whatever. It's not hitting you right in the, in the spot that you're in the season you're in. Talk to the Lord about it. He will reveal to you the people that will minister to you, whether it's preachers or people that you are um, in community group with or uh, your neighbors or your spouse or whatever. The whole point is to listen to the Holy Spirit and you will know that the Holy Spirit, that it's the Holy Spirit's voice guiding you when you experience the fruit of the Spirit. There you go. You will feel peace. You will be patient with whatever the situation or person is. You will have extreme love and extreme joy. You will mm-hmm. bring yourself into control where you don't feel like you're flailing and being tossed to and fro by the wind. You will you will feel settled in your spirit. You will have gentleness to yourself and those around you. You will bear fruit when you are walking in the spirit, mostly for yourself. We can't, I can't reiterate right. that enough. You need you it. I need right. it. You can't I minister to others if stuff. you're in a bad, yeah, if you're That's in a bad right. place and you don't have the spirit in your life, yeah, you don't have something to give others. Yeah. So you know? I want to yeah. be doing yeah. it. I, I need it. I need it. Right. I need patience. I need to know the patience of God with me, which I do because I've been living long enough to realize how patient he is with me. But kindness, you know, Graham Cook has... It has blown my mind with when, when I first started hearing him say, God is the kindest person I know. And I remember thinking, what? I had never explored. This was probably about what, like 10 years ago now, I guess. I had never explored God's kindness to me. Of course, he had mm-hmm. been kind to me, but I hadn't ever like connected those dots. God is kind to me. And, and so the meditation that you can have on just this one verse, the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. really will bring you into deeper relationship with God. Yeah, that's great. Because I mean, as, as far off as we went on a detour there, I think the key point of all of that is if we really want to see the fruit of the spirit, we need to let it be manifest in us, Mm -hmm. be dependent on the spirit, Mm -hmm. see what he's doing in our lives and wait to see what he wants us to do in each of the people around us. So often, because I think the core, the opposite of maybe a religious spirit is I just want a list of requirements that I have to do every day. Okay. Check, go be a missionary or go hand money to a missionary. Check, 
did it. Right. Uh, you know, go to church, did it, check, you know. Didn't and get drunk this week. Didn't okay. get, yeah, I didn't do a bad thing this week. Yeah. Check, do that. And God's not interested in your checklist. He's mm-hmm. saying, I want you to talk to me all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do things and I'm going to lead you. And some of them you're going you're to go, wow, that's great. This is really good. And there's mm-hmm. other things the Spirit's going to do and you're going to go, what? He might challenge you. He might make you uncomfortable. And he might even put you in places where you're like, this is nuts. (laughs) But the key is the more time I spend talking to him, listening to him and walking it out, the more I'm going to see the fruits of the spirit. And that's going to be I get to experience joy. I get to experience joy love. Mm -hmm. I get to experience peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And as I experience those, I get to share those into other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And that's what living by the Spirit is really about. Mm -hmm. It's taking what's from Him, taking it into us, and replicating and bringing that out to others because he has put it in us. He mm-hmm. has given us resources. He has given us the spirit. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Yes, amen. So, any other thought? I mean, this was a big loop. We kind of took a big wide Didn't turn. Know we were going there, but I guess we were. We were not. We st- were led by we, the spirit. We were not. <laughs> yes. The key there is, I'm what's the sure point? We were, yeah, but... listen. <laughs> I think we were. Yeah, I was. I was feeling a burning okay. in the bosom. Okay, okay. So that's a joke if anybody knows yes. what that refers to. But anyway. Um, yeah. No, I think the key there is, again, is the whole point of the detour is we need to not be focused on other people. We need to not be focused on what other things are going on. We need to not be spending our time in judgment, critique, mm-hmm. and those kind of things. We need to focus on what is God telling me mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. God's interested in now and he's interested in you. Yeah. And when we can take care of that, the other stuff is all taken care of. Right. Right. Because he's pretty good at that. He's pretty good at taking care of all the other stuff. Yeah. In fact, there was, was it says somebody else says, we sometimes get concerned like we have to go fix everything and do everything. And as they said, the Holy Spirit's a big boy. <laughs> he can handle stuff. And yeah. we don't have to go fix everything. That's right. We got to do what we're called to do right now. Right. And that's what we look forward to. So we just thank God that uh, we get to participate. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, the kindness and the goodness of God mm-hmm. is he has invited us to participate in the very work of God. Yeah. We get to join him. Yeah. We get to partner with him. We get to act as sons and daughters. Not just act. Of the God. We, oh, well, I don't mean act as in pretend. I mean, have take action as the sons and daughters of the living okay. God and impact the universe. That's good. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thanks for, thanks for uh, exploring that a little bit with me. Okay. Well, we hope you guys are still made it all the way through this. Mm -hmm. We hope you come back to us next week. And of course, we always would love to hear your comments. And Mm -hmm. you can send us a little line at podcast at grace.world. You can go visit us at grace.world. And we have all the back back episodes of this Mm -hmm. right there. So if you ever want to do that and feel free to share it with others. We'd be glad to participate. Mm-hmm. And we just thanks for listening. 
We love you.